We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. Everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Another week of pro wrestling to talk about it feels like it's been forever because we had back-to-back boxing and mma shows but don't worry we got you guys covered today we're doing a full breakdown of aw double or nothing 10 matches on that card so a lot of stuff for up to go over there and then we also have to talk about the rumors of SummerSlam coming to vegas we mentioned it on our last show but a lot more is coming out now so we have to dive into that Talk about some stuff that's happening in NXT and on the main roster heading into June. I feel like May just got here and we breezed through the month. So we're inching closer to the money in the banks, the summer slams, a lot of big stuff about to happen on the main roster. And they're kind of hinting at some of the things. So we'll talk about that. But Dre, I figured we'd start off today with music. We haven't talked music in a second to start off the show And we have an impromptu surprise last second versus for this weekend, depending on when you guys listen. Obviously, if you guys listen past Monday, then 
Uh, you guys already know how this turned out. But anyone who listened over the weekend before then, we have Swiss Beats versus Timbo Part 2. And I'm excited for this. Yeah, I'm excited. It's weird because I'm looking forward to the battle just because I want to hear Timbaland shit. You know, if you guys listen to this podcast long enough, not the biggest Swiss Beach fan in terms of his production. Yes, he's had some dope shit. But people rank him really high on their production list, and I don't see it. Not compared to Timberland. No, you you have just Blaze in really high regards. Yes. That's... Reasonably so. Like, I understand that. But you hold just up there really high, and some people put Swiss above just. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, yo, Swizz, Swizz and Alicia Keys are the perfect couple, right? Because they both make subpar music. Thank you. Um, oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, man, I was trying to drink some water. That almost came out my nose. <laughs> Through a haymaker. Oh, no. Hey, Alicia Keys. I'm just saying. For no reason. <laughs> I, yo, Alicia Keys, yo, I think, I think both of them are a great couple. I think Alicia Keys has a beautiful soul. But they both make subpar music. And you know what? I won't even say it's subpar. I just think it's really ass compliment. So hey, I'm just saying, like Alicia Keys seems like the type of person I would meet. And I'd be like, yo, she's a great person. And she'd be like, let me play some music for him. Like, don't do that. You're going to ruin our relationship. Don't do that. That's how I feel about Alicia Keys. Swiss Beats has the Casio production era worked for a few songs with DMX, right? But as the years have gone on and people have held Swiss to such a high regard, I don't hear what everybody else is hearing. I, I think he's an okay producer. I don't think he's bad, but I don't think he's one of the best producers. Like a Swiss Timberland thing. It just sounds like to me, I'm trying to think of a, this on NBA terms. Um, it's not a squash match in wrestling terms. No, it's, it's not a squash. It's not a squash. No. It's uh, but it, it's, it's, you're facing one of the best to ever do it yeah. in terms of Timberland. Like Swizz is, I could find a bunch of people that I feel like could do a versus with Swizz and it's competitive. I, there's a lot of people, in my opinion. Yes. Just blaze. It's not absolutely. Bad. It's like Bret Hart versus Burt Backlund. Like Bob Backlund. Oh, excuse God, me. Burt Backlund. Bob Backlund. Bert, who I is don't know. Burt Backlund. I got, I got it mixed up with Burt Backerack. Don't ask me why I watched Austin Powers last night. Just oh, Jesus. Listen, that's one of my favorite parts of Austin Powers. But uh, Bob Backlund, like, it wasn't his best feud, but it wasn't his worst. Like, it was better than Don't the Clown and Yokozuna feuds. But it wasn't Owen Hart. I mean, yeah, it's like, I don't know. And Bob Backlund's really fucking good. It's just, you know, he's not Sean. He's not Austin. He's not Owen. It was Bob Backlund. It's like, cool. I mean, all right, so is... I'm trying to, this is the pro wrestling show, so I'm trying to find a, a nice comparison for Swizz. It's, don't Swizz don't the, Undertaker him. Don't do it. No, I'm not going to Undertaker him. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just let him make it why, why would you say Undertaker? Because you, you said they make mediocre music, but, you know, he's okay. He's not bad. That's your take on Undertaker. It's like you're like, the Undertaker's a good character, but he's really overrated. Like, you could take Swizz, theoretically, if it wasn't for DMX, you could take Swizz out of hip-hop and be fine. That's, yeah, that's your true. taste for The Undertaker. You that, could take that, him out of WWE and be fine. Yes, you miss a Mankind match with the Cell, miss uh, two Sean matches, okay. 
but you can take them out and you wouldn't blink an eye. That's why I thought you were going with Swizz. Like, nah. You could take them out of hip hop and the locks would still be the locks. Eve yeah. might've found her way and Eve went to Dre production after and was pretty damn good. And then the only thing you're really taking away from is DMX. Yeah. So, but I, that was like the first thing that came to my head was Lex Luger. And I was like, that's not it. Um, <laughs> the Lex Express. May, maybe, maybe he could be like Sting, where, you know, Sting was like held in high regard. But how many like, mem- like super memorable Sting matches are there? Him and Flair come okay. to mind where Flair, like, that was still what blonde top Sting. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, like, Sting. Yeah, no, is, I don't know. Not many he, for me. Yeah, he's Sting. like an icon, right? Like, yeah. everybody loves Sting at one point. He was an icon. But if you go, well, give me your five greatest Sting matches, people go, hmm. uh, Sting Vader. I'm pulling two or three. Like, that's, I mean, after it was all character work when NWO and everything showed up. Not sure people will correct us. I don't remember like Sting having a deep catalog though. I don't know. Swizz. I'm trying to think of good Swizz beats production the past 15 years. 05 to now. I'm trying to think of what he's done. Only thing that comes to mind, he did start it up. Yeah, I don't I don't know what Swizz has really accomplished the past decade outside of starting verses. But I tell you this much. He whooped Timbo's ass in the first verses because Timbo got too drunk. I don't even remember it. That's why it's like, if they're sober and they do this, like, dog, Swizz has no chance against Timberland. If Timberland, like, pulls out the big guns and ain't fucking around and now they know what verses is, it's, yeah, it's a wash. Like, look, man. Yeah. Swizz has... You know, the, the, like when, especially when it comes to R and B tracks, like Swizz has like "Upgrade You" and Swizz has like "Ring the Alarm," which are Beyonce songs, right? But then it gets like, you know, obviously you have like "I'm a Hustler" and "Rough Rider Anthem" and uh, "Girl's Best Friend." But the, the, these are dope. But it's like Timberland, like the shit that Timberland has. Those are those are guns. It's unfair. What Timberland has, you can unload in this battle. I, I don't know, man. I thought the same. The first one was like three hours long. And when I watched, I was like, yo, Timbo is getting his ass whooped. He's pulling out too much randomness. Now with the, the 20 songs, I expect him to go over it. So maybe like 30 songs. It still reigns them in enough where Timbo really can't fuck it up too bad. Like, yo, if Tim, Tim could play like the Aaliyah shit. Tim could play like there's so much R&B shit that Tim could play and it, trouble, just trouble, Missy shit, um, anything with Jay. I mean, shit, shit with Drake. Genuine. I mean, there's yeah, like some good the shit. genuine shit. Like he could play his own. Like, just don't get too caught up in your own shit. I mean, it's Timberland. So am I looking forward to the battle? Sure, because I want Tim to play some shit and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Swears he's going to play something. Be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That's cool. I just, if y'all listeners out there really think that Swiss has a chance, y'all just gonna have to let me know because I, I just don't, I don't hear it. He's okay. But I'm glad that they're setting a precedent to kind of recycle these old verses because some yeah. would have been a lot better. Like Teddy Riley might have to come back and redeem himself. 
What? No, uh, no, we don't need Teddy Riley. To come, <laughs> come on, Dre. You gotta let him. You gotta let him fix that. It was the equipment issues. It was. Uh, he didn't have strong Wi-Fi. He was doing too much. Now, now the show is built for that. Yeah, I'm okay though. You don't, want Teddy. I, no, I'm, Teddy. I'm good, man. I'm Teddy good. Teddy had some joints. <laughs> Absolutely, Teddy's got some joints. I, I, I mean, I'm not fronting on Teddy at all. I just, I don't need that shit again. Which one would you run back? What battle would I run back? And this also sets the stage for producers to come back because I feel like it's been forever since they had producers go one-on-one. Hopefully they do that and DJs again more often. Yeah, I think it'd be fun to get, you know, uh, RZA and Primo again. Mm. Yeah, because like, people would hit the stage. Like Royce would be out there yeah. rhyming some of the shit. Yeah. I think it'd be really fun to get Primo and, and RZA in there again. I think that'd be dope. And like, I, I don't necessarily need like John Toss and Neo and... I don't need like I'm trying to think of all the other early ones. Just a lot of shit. I don't. I don't necessarily need it. Like they're done. But Risen Primo, like that's a celebration. But yeah, now it's a concert. You got two two of the greatest producers in hip hop, and then playing their shit, and then they they have their friends come out. The funny thing is, is that verses is cool, but now I don't even feel like we need it anymore. Everybody's out in these streets. The whole point of verses was everybody was at home and had nothing to do. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, nah, it seems like they're at the point where you kind of got to take this on the road. Pick yeah, like just... the best five battles you've had and then go on the road. Everyone does what? Eight songs each. In a versus style mode like that, that'd be dope. I'd watch that in concert. I I feel like if you were going to do verses in 2021 post COVID. I feel like it's almost better to have two people that don't like each other. I don't want a celebration if it's <laughs> versus. Like, I don't want people to be like, yeah, I love that song that you made. I want beef. Nah, I, I want, like, I want 50 Cent versus Ja Rule. <sighs> They're going to be talking so greasy if they did that shit. It's yeah. somebody's getting popped. The Gucci main one was mad greasy with Jock. Or it no, was, excuse me, with Jeezy. With Jeezy, Jock. yeah, it was. But, I, but I'm, <laughs> Like, give me 50 Cent versus... And then, you know, you on the other side, you put, like, Ja Rule, you get, like, Young Buck to come out and talk some shit. Like, dude, let's do that. Let's 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 have some animosity in a versus where somebody really feels like they got to win. Look, I love the celebrations, but I think it was great for COVID. I think yeah. that's why it was great because we're all at home. But now everybody out in these streets, I'm like, eh, I don't know. No, listen, it looks like we're getting Soldier Boy versus Bow Wow next. Jesus Christ. Come on, man. I don't, I don't want this. Oh, Listen, I didn't I didn't ask for it. I'll watch it because it was my high school era. So I'll, I'll watch it. But I'll let everyone know Soldier's going to body him something tough. Soldier's going to body Bow Wow? It, it won't even be close. Come on. I look, I don't like either of them. But Soldier Boy has 20 songs? Soldier got 20 songs. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does? Give yep. me 10. Give me 10 off the top. Kiss me through the phone. Um. Yeah, wow, we can, we can turn my swag on. Nah, come on, turn my swag on, which is crazy. Uh, he obviously has the dance joint, the soldier boy too. Um, him and A Rab had a joint. I don't know him off the top of my fucking head, but he got twenty. I, I don't know, man. Like when we name like somebody's gonna body somebody, I think feel like you should name at least ten songs off the top of your head. Let's see, can you name ten bow songs? Kiss me through the phone. Crank that. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah, turn my swag on. 
Pretty Boy swag was dope. Now that I think about it, I got to look up, see what the hell else was on there. To be clear, none of this shit was ever dope to me. So I'll let you tell it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was crazy. Now that I'm looking at it. Crazy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was crazy. I mean, Pretty Boy swag was my shit. I can't even front. This right here is my swag. Like, what? Uh, Enough. (laughs) Enough. All the way turned up remix he has. I forgot about that. I mean, obviously you're looking these things up now. Which now, is, now I'm looking them up. Get it's, silly. It's, it's okay, but I'm just saying. I feel like Bow Wow has more hits. Bow Wow got twenty. I don't listen to either of these motherfuckers. I mean, but with I features, feel like Bow, Bow got Bow got some shit with features. Yeah, I'm like, not gonna I mean, on Bow. You know, let me hold you. He's got to do the little dance and shit. Yeah, he'll play the Sierra shit. Yeah, which I was like whack. Was that fresh as I'm is fresh um, as I is yo that's that's his best song that shit is dope that still knocks look I you know I can't tell one terrible song from another but I was never a big Bow Wow fan so but I just feel like Bow Wow has more joints than Soldier Boy all this that's to say shit. I ain't watching this shit I'm not I'm absolutely not interested in watching Soldier Boy versus Bow Wow unless there's animosity. They start. You remember where they were beefing over like Lamborghinis and shit? Yes, of course there's gonna be animosity. Soldier Boy talks shit. That's what he does. It just Bow Wow just he's like you know he's always come off as a fake tough guy. So and he's little. So it's like you know they're gonna have this. I don't know. I, I'm okay. They're gonna have this battle and they're gonna play these songs that I don't like. And then I have to endure the songs, waiting for them to talk shit. I'm okay. I got better things to do. Take your home, Bow Wow guy. All right. Listen, they, they'll go ahead to take your home. Jermaine Dupree saves them because he put them on a million remixes. Yes. I mean, where the party at? Um, oh, I think they like me remix. He got some Jagged Edge remix shit outside of where the party at. So, yeah, yeah he, can, he can live off of remixes. They got a song together, Marco Polo, which I've never heard in my life. I, look, look. Puppy Love. I remember Puppy Love. If Bow Wow plays Hardball, I got to give him that one, though. Hardball, when that shit came out, I was like, ooh, okay. Now it's like the worst song ever, but. Yeah, I mean, you have officially drifted into territory where I'm like, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, you've been these old, songs, first off. Yeah, I've, I've always liked older shit. But these songs, I'm, I'm not interested in this battle. And then who's one of them said that they weren't even aware that there was a battle. Was that Bow Wow? Probably. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm okay. If, Versus- if it falls through, you won't cry. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is where we're at. Okay. <laughs> you won't mind if it falls through. I get it. No. My last question is, and this is, this is spicy. I've mentioned it before. But as we stray further and further from the purpose of Versus and what it was, Dre, I think it's time. I think it's time okay, for what? to let white folks in. I need NSYNC versus Backstreet Boys. Not every week. We don't got to let them in every week. But that's the biggest thing you can make. I need it. They got to give it to us. I'm not asking for much. Black folks love NSYNC. Backstreet, not so much. No, not so much. I just, if you're going to, you know... I don't, I don't, here's why I don't like the idea. Cause they'll, they'll steal it. They'll call it like face off. And cool. It's it. over already anyway. Let's take their best matchup. I'm just saying, but then they, you know, they make a billion dollars off it. And then Timbo and Swizz are on the corner, like peddling for coins. Why, 
Well, Justin Timberlake's rich and uh, shit or something. They already got the Triller bag. Fuck it. Like, this, the zenith of what Versus was is behind them. Like, if the if white folks want to take it and treat it like it's the masked singer or something like that, and they end up bringing the format to, like, TV on, you know, Fox on Wednesday nights, 8 p.m., and America votes on it, cool, whatever. If that's what they want to do, they can then have that. But cash out on their biggest matchup. In sync. Timbo could be DJing for in sync or the Neptune. Get Pharrell to DJ. Oh, in sync versus Backstreet Boys. You're way That's, too excited. I are you not? You are such <laughs> an old man already. That's what is so whack. Like you are an old man and a curmudgeon from like one to like the age of 10. But especially like the boy band era, like you were already oh, like I was. I was like 12 when NSYNC and TRL was crazy. Like I was going down to TRL because I was still in New York. I was like 12, 13. So NSYNC, I was like, yo, they had hits. Backstreet Boys, too. They Talk did, but 20. they got 20. I mean, NSYNC just kind of, I won't say they run roughshod over Backstreet Boys, but this, if black people are watching, NSYNC buries black, Backstreet Boys. Yes, yes. We need, we need a, a non-biased crowd. We need to invite everyone. A rainbow coalition of sorts for this versus because yeah now nah, if it's just black people dominating the chat it's it's not even fair for yeah, man. Boys. you know they play gone and bye 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 girl production levels are just so different yeah so i mean whatever i need this though i need it before versus tails off and it's not a thing i don't know how long triller is going to be a thing i mean you know, they, they lost Jake Paul, lost Tyson. It, it's looking a little scarce over there right now. They got yeah, money. That's, that's a whole nother conversation. They do have money and they'll find ways to stay afloat. But the, the whole concept of versus and the battles and, you know, two white groups battling. Yeah, okay. I think we're at the time. We're, we're inching close, closer and closer to that. So I'm just, I'm ready. Swiss and Tim, pull the trigger. I'm ready. Um, let's hit the break real quick, though, because AEW is going to take a while to break down. So we get into wrestling kind of early today. When we come back, AEW double or nothing preview. Don't go anywhere. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Be right back. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast. 
the NFL Roadshow. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes. And we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just that quick, we are back. And as promised, we're talking AEW, double or nothing. Sadly, it's not going down in Vegas this year. I feel like if they would have known Vegas was what it is now, it would have been out here. But no one could foresee that. No one knew that it would open up. So it's going down in Jacksonville. They did announce that they are going to Chicago for All In. And it's always Labor Day weekend. So we shall see what's happening with that. You know, fingers crossed, maybe the return of Wrestling with Stereotypes. GCW announced two shows out there as well for that weekend. But it's so far in the future. I feel like there's so much between now and then that it is crazy. Dre, we have to focus on this weekend. We have to focus on this card. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot going on. And starting with, with AEW, before we dive into the, the matches themselves, Cody Rhodes has gone on this... I can't call it a defending tour, but he did an interview where he discussed the promo and specifically said that, no, that wasn't an off the cuff promo. Me mentioning my daughter is a white daughter, a black daughter. Like that was kind of just talked about in the back, shared amongst multiple people. It was scripted. It was written and multiple people gave the thumbs up on this. It was workshopped is what he said. Mm-hmm. they need more people in the room. Yes, because I can tell you who wasn't getting those messages. Black people no, in minorities. There's no way. I'm sure he said there were black people in the room, but like his wife can't be the only black person to hear you out. No, nah, man. That's, again, that, that, everybody knows that promo's bad. Except for, you know, it's one, one of those like promos that white people would be like, that was a really good promo. And black people are like, get the fuck out of here. Because it's like, hey, man, if you're cutting that promo and the people that you're trying to impress are not impressed because white people, when it comes to like race, it's, it's funny. It's like Kyrie Irving saying that there's um, um, subliminal racism in Boston. And then a white person goes, no, it's not. It's like, who the fuck are you? Like, how are you going to tell <laughs> Kyrie Irving, who was a black man who played in Boston, that there is no racism in Boston? It's like Cody saying this was a good promo when there's a bunch of black people like, no, man, this was not a good promo. And now you reveal that. You know, you had a chat amongst friends like, was this good? It's like a bunch of men trying to figure out how to talk about women. It's like how to properly address women without a woman in the room. And then they go, we all thought it was good. And then my wife heard it and was like, what the fuck? And I was like, we had a focus group with a bunch of, you know, like no man from married with children and shit. A bunch of dudes together to figure this out. You can't do this. And now that you're trying to over explain it, just making it worse. Because honestly, I forgot about the shit. <laughs> that's the key. That is the problem. And that's been our thing from the start. He's doing too much. Yeah, relax, man. Thank we forgot know. about it. Stop mentioning it. Don't do the shit again. It, it was cool. It was done. It was in the past. But 
now he brought it back up and it's just like, oh, and it just seems tone deaf. And it's one of those, like, no, I won't apologize. I did nothing wrong. It's like, yo, if people say you did something or you offended someone, say, my bad, that wasn't the intent. I'm sorry. We, you know, I showed it to some people beforehand. Maybe I have to get more eyes on these promos beforehand. Keep it moving. No, he doubled down. Yeah, I just don't understand, like, what do you think by over-explaining? It never works. I've never seen a situation where a lot of time has passed and then you start explaining how you fucked up again and why people should, you know, understand. And then people go, you know what? After two weeks, I understand. No, it just makes people more upset that you still don't get it. It's like we were, we didn't like it then. We were willing to let it go. But now you keep bringing it back up. Nah, I really don't like it. Yeah. The promo wasn't a good promo, man. It just wasn't the American dream. And, you know, like I said, when we talked about it on that show, if you separate that promo, pull the parts, pull it apart. And Cody says just the segment about, you know, me and Brandy are bringing a, a mixed kid who's going to know their black side and their white side. And that by itself. All right. I can deal with that. But when you started the entire promo with talking about America so great and this black guy from the UK is jealous. Then it just sounds like, wait a minute, hold on. What are you doing? It's too, it's too much. It's too much. It started off with xenophobia and then it, it ended with I'm, I'm not colorblind, but my, my kid, it's like, what the fuck are we talking about? And now you had a photo, like who, who let's be honest, man. Cody of the elite. Yes. Cody is the best promo, right? Yeah. In terms uh, of mic yeah. skills. Yep. However, if I if if I'm the like let's just say I'm the best something in my group, and I'm asking the lesser thans, even though the, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are fantastic wrestlers, they're not nearly as good as promos. So asking them about your promo seems kind of silly. Yep. You know, it's like let me get your advice on this promo. All right. Well, all your promos are good. It's like having yes men. That's exactly what it's like. It's, and if you ask someone who aren't, like, say you go to people outside of them in the locker room or something, the problem lies that you're the boss. You may see yourself as just one of the guys. You're just one of the boys in your head. But if you go to the other members of that company, the people you employ as being someone in charge, even if they have a problem with what you're saying, it's so hard for them to look you in your eye one-on-one and say, you know what, Cody? No, don't say that in your promo. Like, those yeah. are your employees. You are the boss. I'm sure plenty of people are like, yo, Vince, don't put on a do-rag. Come out to the ring as ECW champion and drop the end bomb with Cena. But he's the fucking boss. Who is going to stop him? Yeah. So Cody just... He just misses the mark on so many things. <laughs> like it's I'm not saying there's intent behind it. I'm not saying that he means harm with it. It's just unnecessary. Unnecessary. Cut your normal ass promos. Let's go along with it. And he's a heel in this matchup now, by the way. He is? Yeah, I'm rooting against him. Oh, you made him the heel. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I think we all are. I think we all want to go with a win, but He's still the baby face. Which and the other boy is spitting. He's spitting true. Yeah, that his promo, I was like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> so there's this weird thing, right, in pro wrestling. And if you, 
Vince McMahon tries to make it. He doesn't like to blur his lines. Heels are heels. Baby faces are baby faces. And that works to the company's detriment sometimes because it kind of neuters the best heels when they turn face and make some really corny baby faces. However, he knows what he wants their characters to be. And they're going to they're going to do things to get booed by the audience. Whereas in AEW, Cody's just done something that is essentially should get him booed by a certain audience. Depends on who shows up to Double or Nothing, right? <laughs> yes. However, the, the this whole dynamic of this match has changed because of this promo. And if you did it, this is kind of the 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 beauty of COVID for WWE and not really AEW because they brought live audiences back, is you get to dictate who the baby face and the heel is. Because when live crowds come back to WWE, it's going to be really hard to boo Roman Reigns, right? Yeah. Yep. Like it's, You're going to have crowds that are just going to be like fucking and cheering, especially when you're in markets like Chicago and New York where they just don't play by the rules. AEW is now in a situation where this promo has dictated that Cody Rhodes should be the heel, except, you know, the one little part that he's having this baby and it's hard to boo a baby, right? It's hard to boo somebody <laughs> having a baby. Just, yeah. This is really difficult, but it, it feels weird because if Vince McMahon heard a Go-Go's promo, he'd have been like, nah, that ain't Aaron because you just cut a baby face promo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that promo but from a Go-Go should have never happened if the intent was to keep Kobe, Cody a super baby face. Yeah, he'd spend too much truth. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I heard. I was like, whoa, he's supposed to be the heel? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> in Florida, in Florida, he's the heel. Like, if you're in Super Republican Florida, yeah, sure. Like, they'll boo him in daily place for saying that shit. But the vast majority of the places, yeah, it's kind of a babyface promo, sir. So, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting matchup there. Hey, you know what else makes that shit difficult? Is, like, a Go-Go's promo is good, and I'm, like, looking over his shoulder, and it's fucking QT Marshall. I'm like, God damn it. I can't really like you because QT is here, and he's being pushed. It's so weird. Like, that whole, whole little group, right? The Go-Go kind of came out of nowhere and they was like fine let's just go this route because i don't even know the other fucking guys names in that group do you Uh, no clue i wish i didn't know qt marshall's name in that group well it's unfortunate because you do yeah (laughs) he's on my tv every single week multiple segments like i don't understand when qt marshall became roman reigns why do i need to see him in three segments i nonetheless we're going down the card so we have uh, Serena D versus Rio. Looks like it's on the pre-show. But I only mention this because it's for the NWA World's Women Championship. And this is like the third pay-per-view that this title has been defended on AEW. Is this just like a secondary title for the women on that brand? Like, should we just accept that now? I dog, I don't know. NWA has a show that clearly nobody watches, right? And <laughs> they put they put this title on AEW, which is oh, I wouldn't mind it if they you know did it on both shows. If they just kind of made it clear, like this NWA title is going to be part of AEW show. Yeah. It just kind of pops up randomly. It's like boom, we got this title match, and I'm like, yo, if Rio wins, then what? You, you got to market it like the IC title then, but then you kind of shit on N- NWA and say it's a secondary title. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if Rio wins, does she go to NWA? Does Serena Deep stay on AEW? Like, what happens at this point? Because you have never established what this title is. 
Yeah, I don't know. They did the same show. with did the same with Moxley in the New Japan title. It's just like, yo, he popped up. He got a belt. But at least you know most people that watch AEW watch New Japan, so it was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, yo, nobody knew Serena D was the NWA champion. No clue. Honestly, I thought Thunder Rosa still had the belt. See? Yeah, I didn't. I don't know how or when she lost that. So, and then and then here's a question. Why is Rio wrestling for that title? That's a good question. I assumed it was a secondary title. Even the booking seems like a secondary title. It's just how did Rio get herself into position to challenge for that title? You know, because they had the rankings and all that shit. Yeah. But they don't have an NWA women's title ranking. I don't I don't get it. I don't think so. Yeah. And then at this point, we just need the heavyweight belt over. Because if Kenny Omega is belt collecting and you can obviously defend the nwa title on AEW television why wouldn't he get a shot at the nwa heavyweight title i mean you would think right but eventually like sooner rather than later so the man can keep belt collecting so we'll see how to listen it some stuff makes sense some stuff doesn't make sense um and then let's go up the regular card we i'm gonna start with the tag team matches so the young bucks versus Moxley and Eddie Kingston for the tag team titles. I expect it to be a great match. I the Young Bucks have kind of been weird to me. They've they're like teetering between tweeners and true heels. Now nah, they're full-fledged heels. And then now they've been they've been going more heel, more heel. They've been rocking the sneakers. They have the blood on the Jordans. Like now they're leaning into it, but it's still like very weird. I bet you the next few they're right back to being tweeners. Nah, I doubt it. I think they they fully embrace this heel role. I mean, being aligned with Kenny and the, like they're they're heels. They're fully engulfed in the heel role. Like there is no tween. It was weird. It's not weird anymore. They're heels. They're absolutely heels. I just want to see them hold on to the characters. That's it. Consistency. Consistency is key. But the match should be great. It's gonna have its spots. But. Moxie and Kingston are also just going to beat the shit out of them at times. So it's a good mixture of like spot monkey stuff and then having the physicality right up my alley. It's like a match designed for both you and I. It'll give us exactly what we like. And uh, I think they're going to pull it off very well. The Young Bucks, doesn't, they don't really have really mediocre matches. I can't even say bad matches. They hardly have mediocre matches. So right. I expect this one to go off. Hopefully it's the opener. Start off hot. Boom, take off to the moon. So do you think that Moxley and Kingston have a chance? No, 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 no. The Bucks retain. Yeah, no. By no means. Uh, you you messed up my thinking with that. Because sooner or later, Renee is going to have the baby. I keep saying, like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's almost here, man. Yeah, it's almost time. So, like, is Moxley going to pick up a new title and then have to leave? That, that makes no sense to me. Moxley's also crazy, which we've come to realize because Very it's like, true. yo, your wife's been pregnant all this time and you have just said, you know what? I'm just going to keep working like she couldn't have this baby at any moment. You know, yeah. he leaves. He lives in Vegas, lives in Henderson with, with Renee. And then he leaves and goes wrestles. He busts his head wide open. And I'm like, hey, they got to take him off TV. Maybe he's going to stay at home and take care of his wife. But I guess the thing is, because of COVID, you only go out for one show and then you come home. So yep. I guess you can work through all this. So traveling starts again in July. So, yeah, but how much traveling are they really going to do? 
I mean, they don't have house shows, so that's that's exactly. cool. But even then, it's you know more than most. Traveling with a newborn, or like when your child is born, is different. Even a little yeah. traveling is a lot of traveling at that point. You know, like leaving the crib for three days every week is is a lot. I agree. I just we'll see how they pull it off. It's just it's more manageable now because you're not doing house shows you're not on the road like i can't even imagine wwe going back on the road they probably aren't going to do house shows no it's not profitable no no i think they'll do like the the big shows the big two every week yeah i think they'll do raw smackdown in a different city but maybe a house show here and there but it makes absolutely no sense for either of these companies especially when wwe posted uh huge uh profits over the past year yeah to start going back on the road means you got to spend money for travel. You got to spend money for ring setup. You got to spend money for locations. Just yeah. fucking keep doing that shit in the, the, the Thunderdome with screens and shit. It's okay. It's okay. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I think the networks kind of want like fans and stuff in the building. I mean, reports. Yeah. So like that, that changes things. But again, yeah, that, yeah. it's no justification for house shows. Yeah, my bad. I mean, yeah, Raw and SmackDown should absolutely have fans. It's going to be interesting, though, because the product has sucked so bad. Are they going to be able to fill up arenas? Yes, and I say that because I've seen other combat sports recently, and people are just so happy to get out to events and to see full capacity that, yes, they'll fill up for quite a while. I don't know, man. I don't know. Because Dre, you know, there think, hasn't been anything full capacity. They're going to Kansas City in week two. I'm trying to get my daughter tickets. It's going to be hard as hell. There hasn't been full capacity anything in Kansas City in 18 months. It's not Vegas. They don't get fights every day. They don't get this every day. Like, it hasn't been full capacity anything. So, yeah, there's a ton of people very thirsty to go out to anything with a bunch of fans. I just don't know. Like, I think the novelty wears off relatively quick because you got to remember Raw and SmackDown weren't filling up buildings before the pandemic. No, but people are thirst. And it's if they were running the same areas all the time, I'd agree. But the ability to go from city to city to city, I, I think they're going to be hot for like a good six, eight months. Packed houses. It last that long to keep doing shitty ass shows. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. But I mean, we still watch. So I, I don't know. We watch because we have podcasts. It's our job. Yeah. I, I don't watch live anymore. So I, that's very true. But I think they're going to be, they're going to hit the ground running, be hot. We'll see what happens in October. That's usually the lull. But by the time they get to picking it up for rumble season, I, if they can get through all that hot, hitting other cities, blah, 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 then you're good all the way through mania. Like you printing money. Anyway, we'll see. But we Which shall is about see. Double or nothing. Let's keep going. Um, so officially, I have the Young Bucks. You have the Bucks. Yeah, Bucks. The next Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Um, Sting's so... gonna wrestle a real match. Sure. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's just gonna be Darby getting his ass whooped for ninety percent of it. But this I'm with it. To me, this is simple. Sting and Darby don't need to win this match. Scorpion and Ethan not. need to win this match. Yes. So I'm picking I'm picking them because if this was WWE, I'd say they'd probably fuck it up. If AEW fucks this up, this is on them. There's <laughs> there's just no way for Sting and Darby because Darby's Darby. Like I say it all the time. He's over. He's kind of a made man. 
Sting, he's Sting. He's fine. If, if, if Scorpio and Ethan, like, cheat to win, that's good. But they shouldn't lose their first, like, legit tag match if you're trying to put these two guys over. I hate them as a tag team in general, but you're correct. If you're trying to keep them together as a tag team, they have to win this match by hook or by crook. So it should be by crook. So, yeah. So I'll take that. If they, for some reason, lose, then you got to do the immediate breakup. Like Scorpio got to turn on Ethan or vice versa because the the tag team makes no damn sense anyway. And then, oh God, we have the pinnacle versus the inner circle stadium stampede two. I mean, this could be an okay match. I don't like that they're doing it again. Yeah, me either. It's not going to be as good as the first, but it could be fun. Sammy Guevara gets hit by a tr- uh, card again. That'd be funny. Yeah. Um, if the Pinnacle didn't just beat them in war games, because that's what we'll call it, uh, I would easily say the Pinnacle. But I feel like they're trying to do this whole retribution for inner circle thing with the stadium stampede match. But the Pinnacle should still win. Yeah, I'm taking the inner circle. Like, they'll play up the whole. They've been here before. They know how to work this match. Angle, blah, blah, blah. I I think we see Jericho get his revenge on MJF for pushing him off of the cage on onto the concrete and steel below. So maybe we get Jericho's redemption against MJF, and then it leads to where it should have always led to. These two one-on-one in Chicago with the blow-off. Yeah, yeah. So no, yeah, no you're crews, probably no nothing. You're probably right. If that if that is the end game is to go all out with MGF in Chicago in some kind of stipulation match where somebody has to go or some shit like that. Yeah, inner circle should win. If this is the blow off the feud, because I feel like this feud has been going on for a while now, then Pinnacle should win. But you're probably right. I'm still gonna pick Pinnacle because I have no idea what the hell's going on. Um, but I, I totally see why Inner Circle is to win. Anyway. Yep. Next, we have Miro versus Lance Archer. Oh, Miro's winning. I mean, there's, they can't take the title off him already. No, no, not at all. It should be a good match, though. Yeah, it should. But, yeah. Two on. moderately big men bumping me. They're not, like, the biggest of men, but they're they're close. Pretty, they're pretty big guys. Lance like, Archer is not small, but he's not, oh. like, he ain't, it ain't Brock Lesnar- Versus Big E, big men bumping meat. No, it's not. So moderately big men. But it's going to be physical. It's going to be a good match. It'll allow Miro, as good as Darby Allen was, and that match was fun. But it'll allow Miro to even ramp up the physicality. Agreed. So I like, like looking at the rundown, I really like that match. So I want to see what Miro does. And I, shit, I liked him a lot as Rusev when he first showed up. Like, the first two years there, I thought were great. They were. Like, I love those Rusev years. So, it seems like he's bringing back that tenacity. And I love that shit. So, this should be really good. And then Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. This is a match I didn't know I wanted until I got it. And now I'm interested in it. Because I really don't know who's going to win this match. I don't either. Because... Obviously, Team Taz can cheat for Brian Cage. There's a million of them. So, Hangman Page, even though I think he's still with the Dark Order, like he has to overcome the cheating. I get it. I just never watched a lot of Brian Cage. I don't know how good of a wrestler he is. But judging a book by his cover, I look at him, and he gives me like 
heavy Ryback vibes. Nah, minus, minus like just injuring everyone. He's much better than Ryback. Is he? Hell yeah. I know he's athletic. I mean, like, he does like some flippy shit, which is cool for a big dude. I just, maybe this is a match because Pate, you never know. Heyman Page could just pull out a really good match, like out yeah. of the blue and just be like, ooh, maybe this is the one where I'm like, okay, Brian Cage could really go. Because I haven't seen it since he got there. Yeah, I mean, Cage has had some decent matches, but I've seen him work at PWG, you know, for a while. And, you know, his his running impact was solid. It's not like he's like a great wrestler, but, you know, he's hmm. on maybe along the lines of a Lance Archer. But he's to be as athletic he as he is, to be as cock diesel as he is, is an interesting sight. And I think with somebody like Page, they can really book themselves into a great match. Cage kind of needs the win more, but I have a feeling that they're going to pivot somewhere down the line back to Kenny Omega and Hangman. So Hangman may need to win this match because if you think about it, who else is there to take the the title off of Kenny? Someone who's not even on the roster yet. I don't, I mean, unless you really believe in Christian cage. No, they don't believe in Christian cage. They've already moved off of that shit so quick. They're like, well, "Ah, maybe maybe he's in the next match. So we shall see. But, um, yeah, that that would be the only guy I see now. But again, Tony Khan came out this week and said, hey, we're going to have more signings and surprises, so it's going to change the future of AEW. Don't do it again. You know, that's what he said. That's what he said. Damn, you know what? It's funny. The big show is on AEW, and I haven't watched anything with them since. And I've heard, never heard his name mentioned again. Nothing. Nope, not a thing. Right. Okay, so, so he's in the back like he should be. Cool. Because that should be his role going forward. But um, I'm actually going to take Hangman Page just because, honestly, it's hard to find baby faces to win on this card. So you got to give me a couple baby face wins because Miro's not losing. I, I think Sting and Darby Allen have to lose. It's like Young Bucks are heels. So far, we picked one baby face, and then that's the pinnacle. Or excuse me, that's the inner circle. And they don't even, they're not like super baby faces. They were just a heel group. Right. So um, Jericho's the only baby face. I need like a real baby face to win. So Hangman Page overcomes the odds. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'll pick Page as well. Cause like I said, I feel like the only person that I can logically look at right now to face Kenny Omega has a built in story. And these two could work a fantastic match at All Out is Hangman. Yep. So I'm going to go with Hangman as well. Agreed. And then, uh, after this, Casino Battle Royale for a future AEW World Championship match. I really hope, and they give out a giant fucking poker chip. Um, I really hope that it doesn't have to be like the next AEW Dynamite like it was last year. Like if you're going to give out a chip, you're going to give out something. Like just have them carry it around and cash it in like a briefcase. It only makes sense. So I look at this match, Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Pat. Powerhouse Hobbs, Penta, Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy, uh, Private Party, uh, The Butcher, The Blade, Evil Uno, Cocabana, a bunch of people I don't know, Brian Pillman Jr., Max Caster, who will rap his way down, Anthony Bowens, QT Marshall, Your favorite. Dustin Rhodes, Lee oh. Johnson, and someone to be announced, a new debuting person. <sighs> Cage debuted last year and won it, I think. Yes. 
So I don't think you can go with the debut person again. Christian Cage wins this. There's no one else in this match that can win. Probably right. Uh, but you're absolutely right. In the when they said it, when they announced this match, I was like, they're just gonna do the fucking number one contender match on dynamite. Like if they said the number one contender at all out, I'd be like, Oh, I kind of perk up. But then I look at the lineup and be like, none of these motherfuckers deserve that spot. <laughs> you could do that so, with Christian Cage. Right, you could do it with Cage, but everybody else, I'm not sure. But even then, with what you just said, uh, I don't know. I feel like they've they've already found themselves in a pickle with Christian Cage. They made him this big deal of a signing, this whole outwork everyone. They positioned him across from Kenny really quick, and then they pulled him away. And now, now it feels like, well, how do you play with Christian Cage? Like, how do you move this chess piece? It, it makes more sense if you kind of play him in other feuds, right, to build yep. him up? Because if you just kind of throw him into a, a match with Omega, and none of us are sitting there going, yeah, Christian Cage is going to win that match. But if you build him up and he goes over on a few people, then maybe you have something there. Miro's already got the TNT titles, so that ain't happening. So other than that, you know, maybe he needs to feud, what, a few powerhouse hobs. Maybe he needs another feud. I just don't know who it is. So I'm not picking him to win this match. But because he can't afford to lose to Kenny Omega on Dynamite. No. It just doesn't make any sense. They still could do it. Uh, I'm going to say... If it's the next night, I want Penta to win. If it's Casino yeah, Chip, hurt too. yeah. Hurt. So if you give me Casino Chip, cash in whenever you want, which makes sense with a fucking chip. It makes more sense than a briefcase. Um, to cash in a chip is logical. Then you give me Christian Cage, and he can do it whenever um, later on in the year. But yeah, if it's next night. Kenny Omega versus Penta is just a fucking amazing match. Yeah, that's that's a really good match. The only other person I could see winning this thing, and then it'd be a fun match. You really don't expect him to win, but it helps his profile. Is Jungle Boy? Okay, that's the only other person I'm looking at. I'm like, ah, I could see them going that route. Yeah, as long as it's not QT Marshall. Yo, if it's QT Marshall, it's over. <laughs> I'm never watching this shit again. <laughs> Oh, I would love to see the AEW fans defend that shit too. Um, there, there's legit QT Marshall fans out there, in case you were wondering. And then we have—I mean, just like there's this contrarian, just to be contrarian people out there. So I, I totally get it. It's, there's people who will never say anything bad about the WWE for reasons I don't know. Listen, man, everybody got dreams. Dreams of getting a job. Uh, good luck. And then uh, we have Cody Rhodes versus Anthony. Ogogo, which we talked about earlier with the Nightmare Collective and whatever the fuck QT Marshall's group is called. Um, the guy's name is Aaron Solo, by the way. You didn't know the other guy's name. Okay, in the crew. I still don't know his name. Yeah, so he's, he's in there. Um, Cody Rhodes is going to win. Man, he's, Go-Go he's, should win. Oh, my God. Cody Rhodes should absolutely not win this match. Like, there's... Oh, he's going to win. He should, like, not only should Cody not win... And I say this about Cody every one of these major pay-per-views. Cody should get the fuck beat out of him. And you should go home to your wife and take <laughs> care of your kid. Because he Cody's overexposing himself. He needs a break. The last time he got injured, he came back too quick. When Brody beat him, he yeah. came back too quick. Yeah, yeah. It, so didn't, I, it didn't leave it as a lingering injury. No, nah, like, you know, a go-go should win. 
the QT's bullshit funhouse friends and family 1-800-COLLECT-PLAN, whatever the fuck you want to call them, they should do something else. I don't need to see them all tied into a few with Cody and Dustin and whatever the fuck. Who else so is I'm, in the I'm collective? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know who's left in the collective. But now I'm picking Cody, and I'm also picking him to have a Triple H-esque entrance, as always. I mean... So, yeah. All the pyro. Sure, whatever. I think but... he changed his entrance song. Did he? Yeah, and I'm like, yo, Cody, like, what are you doing? That was like... I'm not going to say the only thing I liked about you, but that was an endearing quality to me. I really liked that song. So now, like, he got, like, generic rocker-ass music. I'm going to really be tight. Like, no one wants that shit. Bring the old theme song back. Don't change what's not broken. Yeah, okay. Fair. Yes, my rant on Cody Rhodes for today. And then we have Sheeta versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. It's time. It's It's time. time. Pull the trigger. We've been waiting. I, I wish I had the Joe Bunning clip loaded up still. Just Ooh, burr, 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 burr. We, we've been waiting. Please put the belt on Britt Baker. Please. Please. It's so easy. It's right there. They actually have no other option. She has to win this. It is It is absolutely time to get that title off of Sheeta. She's been holding it. That's, that's great. But, man, listen. It, you goddamn right i've been waiting get this goddamn title off of sheeta the funny thing is i don't know what you do with Sheeta if she loses because then she just fades into obscurity because they never really did anything with her anyway all she has is the title she has no character man she can wrestle her ass off but i don't care like she doesn't make me want care about her as a baby face i don't have a reason to cheer for her to win so Yeah, there's no connection. You got to give me a reason there. So back to the drawing board. Maybe she challenges for the NWA title in the next one because there's no rhyme or reason to why you can do that. So cool, man. Just keep going. Have good wrestling matches, but give me a champion I can buy into. And right now that's hands down Britt Baker. Yeah. And clearly you go with Britt Baker. The only problem with the women's division is like you need to establish some other women to challenge Britt Baker. (sighs) Baby faces have been hard to establish. They have a, a decent amount of heels right now. I mean, they, they can pivot right back to Thunder Rosa because Thunder Rosa did beat Britt Baker. Or, you know, I guess you could do something with Statlander if you wanted to. But they really haven't found any women that I'm like, yeah, that's the one. You well, know, maybe Red Velvet. I mean, eventually this title is going to get on Jay Cargo. Like, yes. we know this. Yeah. Eventually it's going to get, it's going to make its way. But Jade's still a little green. She needs some time. But she's going to get her hands on that title. Well, they've been building up Conti. Sure, Taya Conti, but she's, I don't know. She's People fine. like her. They've, they've given her a nice little streak, a nice little She's run. fine. She's fine. It just feels like very premature to put the title on somebody like her. But other than that, there's not but a whole she, lot of... It's mm, perfect for her to lose because it endears you. She tried. She lost. She got to go back to the bottom, work her way up again. So it might take a year for her to be, okay, like, I think she could be champion. But kind of a lot like, I don't know, NXT has done this with a lot of women. They did it with Bailey. Uh, they did it with Sasha, at like a little point as well before she went full hill and went crazy, which was incredible by them. But they, they've done this. They did it. Uh, I think they did it recently as well. I just can't remember who they did. But you try for the belt two or three times, you lose. And then it means more when you win it. 
So I, I, I think that's where you can go with Conti. Like, yeah, she's not ready yet, but she's in a good position to lose and Britt Baker to like cheat to keep the belt. Maybe Rebel cost Conti the, you know, the, the shot, whatever, in the next couple weeks. And then it gives something for Britt to do heading into that. Because, yeah, again, you got to establish these baby faces. Somebody got to lose to Britt Baker for like the next three or four months. Yeah, it's probably going to be Thunder Rosa, but we'll see. Make for good matches. And then we have the main event, Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy versus Pac. Kenny's not dropping the belts, man. I'm just trying to figure out who's taking the pin. I would put the pin on Pac, not Orange Cassidy. Hmm. I guess that's what we're figuring out here. Yeah. Orange Cassidy is cooled off too much for my liking. And I think you can continue the feud between Kenny and Orange. Because you mentioned, you're like, oh, well, who else is there for Kenny to feud with? Like once, oh, maybe Adam Page. You can continue Orange Cassidy, Kenny Omega leading up to a one-on-one match in Chicago if you want. And have Orange Cassidy be red hot by then. The problem with Orange Cassidy is that he's not believable as somebody that could beat Kenny Omega right now. Pac is. Pac has beaten Kenny. Remember? First goddamn oh, pay-per-view. Yeah. Yep. Pac did beat him. So I can see Orange Cassidy being the one who eats the pin here. Um, but Pac is in a... He, he's the bastard. Like, you're just I, going heel, heel? Well, that's the problem, right? Again, going back to what I was saying about, you know, clearly defining heels and baby faces which i like sometimes where you know but sometimes i don't i do like lines blurred i like guys moving around it's like i just don't like this motherfucker it doesn't make me a heel i don't like him death triangle's been in that spot where one minute they're heels and then one minute they're kind of like baby faces i'm okay with pack feuding with kenny and kind of turning babyface by still being a heel right because he just really hates kenny omega and going after him and Kenny escaping somehow, Pac is about to pin Orange Cassidy, and Kenny steals the pin, gets the victory, and escapes, and they set up a rematch at some point. Because Pac and Kenny, that's just, those motherfuckers can go. I can watch those guys wrestle six days a week. And I feel yeah. like they have not given us our, their best match yet. Even at the first double or nothing, they didn't give us their best match. No. A really good match. It wasn't their best. They got a five-star in them. They absolutely have a five-star in them. Orange Cassidy, there is not a position, as much as I enjoy Orange Cassidy, there's not a time right now where I'm like, yeah, he could beat Kenny Omega and pick up all those titles. I just can't see it. Yeah. I will say this. I think the story between now and September would be better for Omega and Cassidy. You could build a better underdog story around Cassidy. Because, again, you don't see how he can do it. He's up against all odds. He doesn't really have a crew outside of best friends. And if the best friends do want to help him, obviously there's Gallows and Anderson, there's the Young Bucks. There's so many obstacles he has to overcome to get close to Kenny. You could build a great underdog story around Orange Cassidy between now and then. Is it believable that he's going to beat Kenny in September? Listen, that's what writing is for. You got to get us there. Make us believe, even though it may not be plausible. The better match... It's definitely Kenny Omega versus Pac. Yeah, and the, just... the build the build might not be great. It'll be okay. Like, it'll be normal promo. It's not going to make you feel like 
Orange Cassidy will make you feel. It'll be okay. There's a way that Pac could do this, play this whole role where I'm like invested in this because Pac is a believer. Like Pac is clearly one of the best guys in the company in terms of just all around ability. He's got a, he's got a great look. I mean, I've been watching him for a long time and I think they can find a way to make that a very interesting match. I don't know if they'll pull it off, but I think it's very possible. They pull this together and find a way to get me invested in a Kenny Omega pack feud. And ultimately at the end of the day, Kenny probably still wins, but they just get a really good match out of these two. But I see your point. Like, I wouldn't be mad at this either if they play it right. They just got to play it right. But there's no way Kenny's losing this match. No, 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 no. But once we see a triple threat, you know it's kind of to keep someone strong. Yeah, of course. So it's like, okay. <laughs> unless, unless unless you're Edge and Daniel Bryan and you both get pinned by Roman Reigns, it's like, that, fuck, listen, man. Listen, that kept somebody strong as hell. It just wasn't either of them. <laughs> <laughs> it made yeah, Roman look beastly. That honestly, that's it's one of the best endings WWE has booked in four oh, or five years. It was a it was a brilliant ending because nobody saw that coming. We all nobody. <laughs> Daniel Bryan's gonna eat the pin. Like we're all like, yeah, Daniel Bryan's gonna eat the pin. This motherfucker stacked two people on top of each other and closed <laughs> WrestleMania as the heel, pinning both the baby. Well, a baby face is like a tweener because that's what Edge turned into. But either way, pinned him. <laughs> Didn't see that Ooh, one come. Clean as a sheet. Oh, I love that shit. <laughs> so, so yeah. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. We have to hit one more break. When we come back, we're just going to touch on NXT and the main roster before we get out of here. You guys don't go anywhere. Be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, it's time to close the show. We are back. I'm going to talk a little NXT. A couple things from the main roster. You know, the main roster drains me. So when hey, it's hey, not a pay-per-view wait, weekend, I don't want to I know talk we got, so much. I know we got to talk about this, but this next round of releases... What the hell? I mean, Phillips is gone. That dog. Here's all right. So some of you have followed me on Twitter and saw my tweet about releasing Tom Phillips is a terrible idea. And the reason why I say this is because you just let Adnan go seven weeks into his stint as a raw commentator, right? And you let him go. Like, he didn't last long enough to even get future endeavor. They were like, we just parted away. See you, motherfucker. They didn't even give him the future. We wish you well on your future endeavors. None of that shit. So, and because he came from baseball, I worked with him at the zone. I know Adnan. Not, we're not, like, close or anything. But I knew him. But I knew he wasn't really the right fit, right? 
it was like, like he was a guy and i was like eh, i don't know the way vince wants his matches called and being in your ear all the time because yeah. everybody talks about that i didn't think it was ever going to work and I, I never thought that adnan and vince would have that chemistry where that shit would work but now you're bringing in jimmy smith work bellator mma commentator do i think jimmy's bad absolutely not i think jimmy's really good at his job but I don't see him flourishing in this role on Raw, whereas I see Tom Phillips as somebody who could, while Jimmy Smith is learning the ropes, you put him on like NXT mm. or like even 205 or main event just so he can get working on TV and then you work him up there. I feel like Tom Phillips is a guy and also Tom Phillips was working behind the scenes and he's a good commentator. I don't understand this because Jimmy Smith He's he might be in the Adnan position seven weeks. See you later. Could be. It's a demanding job, yo. Like Morrow left and he lasted a while, but it's just demanding, especially when you throw in the travel with it. It's a lot. I'm it not, is a like, lot. I'm not even worried about the travel because you know, somebody was on which was like, You think Tom Phillips didn't want to travel? It, that's not why he got they just let him go. That's what WWE does. Yeah. The, the issue is is that they're trying to find another Michael Cole. But the problem is there are no other Michael Coles, right? So you have to go with somebody else that fills the role. And you had guys like Graves and Samoa Joe were great on commentary. And then you got rid of Joe, which made absolutely no sense to me. Now you bring in for the new season after WrestleMania, you bring in Adnan on Raw. You didn't put him on NXT, which makes sense because NXT is a wrestler show. Yep. So it's really hard to do play by play on like there's there's easier ways to get over on Raw. But now you bring in Jimmy Smith, who is an MMA guy, and he could be good. I just can't like this feels like a position for a lot of people to fail. Dio Madden. You look at the list of people who have ran down here. Tom Phillips was the one guy who was reliable. He wasn't like the, the best commentator, but he was super reliable. And then you just let him go. You fired him. That's weird to me. I don't understand the logic. It's short-sighted to me because let's say they want to get rid of them, but who are your commentators in 10 years? None of these people. None of them. Like none. Not Beth Phoenix. McAfee ain't sticking around for two years. No. And he's on SmackDown. Like you, you have these maybe graves. I can see Graves still being there, kind of being a lifer, like dope. But when it comes down to it, you you had a guy who was young. And even if you didn't want him in that position now, like you mentioned, there's other places to put him and be like, you are the voice of the future. There's no one of the future. And it's a very hard job that he showed in a pinch. He can step in and do fairly well. Yeah, like like I said, I never said Phil's my favorite commentary, but he he did the job. Not many he's, people he's, can do that job. Nah, he did it with Vince in his ear. He was competent. He never really he wasn't bad at his job. I, who knows? Jimmy Smith could, could implode, right? Like yeah. it just you just don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't talked tomorrow, but I don't know what it's like 
because he went from NXT to doing SmackDown. He was like, fuck this. And they were like, yo, his mental health issues, which we all know are true. But I'm sure that having Vince in your ear has something to do with it as well. So I can't really do my job because Vince is very particular about how he wants matches called. And if you don't call them the way that he wants them called, it's a problem. Yep. I don't know if Jimmy Smith can just jump into the role. I thought it was a weird signing in the first place. Um, I never knew Jimmy Smith to be a pro wrestling guy. I'm not, again, not saying he'll be bad at his job, but when you bring a guy that hasn't done this before, because Morrow clearly has done wrestling before. Pat McAfee loves wrestling. I never got the sense that Jimmy Smith loves wrestling. Yeah. Corey Graves is going to have to carry him a lot. Which is possible. You just need a guy that's able to call shit correctly. And Adnan, for everything he was, it was just a lot of, ooh, ah, like, this isn't the job for that. It didn't sound, dog. It's you. It's okay. You can't get a baseball guy to call WWE because it's not the same thing. No, you know it's like oh, you hit him with a special move. That don't sound right. You know what I'm saying? Like you need yeah. somebody who knows how to call the match the way it needs to be called. Phillips had that cadence down. It's a certain cadence to it. Yep. I don't know if Jimmy Smith can do it. Maybe he. Maybe shocks the world. Maybe he does. But uh, if, if you want to hire from outside, this is the type of guy you get. How about that? I don't know if you can do it, but this is the mold of person you have to get if you're hiring from the outside. I wonder if they, just out of curiosity, if they made a pitch to Dana Cormier. Yeah, but not as play-by-play be color. I know. I'm just so saying. I just, I wonder. Play-by-play play is tough. That's That's the other thing. Like, if you bring people in to be color commentators, kind of like McAfee, you bring your personality, you can, you know, talk about other shit, bring in the, the storylines. That's something you can follow. You don't need the technical aspects. Play by play, you need to know the intricacies. Jimmy at least knows like Kamara's and chain wrestling and blah, blah, blah. He can call out some like realistic shit and make it feel like an MMA fight. To me, Jimmy would be a better fit on SmackDown than raw but whatever yeah i mean you know it, it that's how the crookie crumbles right now but when i look at it he has the best shot if you're hiring from the outside it's not a job you really hire from the outside that's why well, the same people have the play-by-play roles forever because it's not easy well here's what i'll say i'm saying about jimmy smith and this is what i'm saying about tom phillips jimmy smith yeah of course you know um, when we talk about it, the excellent match between Xavier Woods and Riddle, Jimmy Smith could call that. Oh, yeah. Can Jimmy, but can Jimmy Smith call the zombies match? <laughs> no. I'm serious. I'm being dead serious right now. Because <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's the shit that you have to be able to, to pivot to yeah. and, sound, and sound realistic when you do it. Like You have to be able to say, alright, I'm going to call this very technical match with you know a bunch of holds and shit okay i can do that and i got fucking zombies with the miz and damian priest and i call it with exuberance yeah adnan just was like what the fuck like it's hard to do but tom phillips was able to straddle that line i don't know jimmy smith they're like hey uh jimmy uh we're gonna do this match and you know we're gonna have two zombies and you need to call this like like it's believable you have to really call like zombies are scary what yeah it's hard it's tough at that point, you just got to follow Vince in his ear. And you got to you gotta rock with it. It's not going to be easy. Everyone in that role is going to have a learning curve. But 
they seem to think that they need something different than someone in-house. So Phillips <laughs> is gone. Um, there were a couple other cuts. I think only like two or three wrestlers got cut this weekend. They were wrestlers? Yeah, I think uh, one or two wrestlers left. But Was Alexander Wolf this week or last week? I don't know. I was counting him. I was counting the DJ kid. Maybe it was last week because we <laughs> talked Dream, right? Uh, no, we didn't talk. Did we talk Dream? I don't think I don't, we did. I don't remember. Honestly, like our last show was a while ago. Ooh, so we did not talk about Velveteen Dream. I think we Holy talked about Dream leaving. I don't Dream yeah. over. We didn't touch on the Dream. Yeah, we touched Dog. on No did pun we? intended. Yes. He said we touched on the Dream. <laughs> oh uh, my God. <laughs> oh, I had to do it. Oh. Um, no, yeah, I think we talked about Velveteen Dream and cutting him, but Are I don't think we sure? talked about anyone else. I think so. Maybe not. Fuck it. Let's talk. So we can at least touch. We can talk about it briefly right now. Velveteen Dream is gone. Yeah. Amongst other right. NXT cuts. And I wasn't shocked. No one in the know remotely was shocked. To me, it was one of the things that was like, Oh, finally. Because you can only defend so much. Yo, here's why we didn't talk about it. This is why I remember now. Because I tweeted about it. And then uh, so many people in my mentions were like, they're trying to keep the black man down. Look, guys, the Velveteen Dream is not the right hill to die on. Because it's not just the kid shit the underage minors and you know some people around my head was like you're making it seem like he was trying to be like Hulk Hogan no I, I was making a joke but the joke was kind of true because he was like I was in character when I was like trying to groom these young boys because for me like look check it out for me if I'm like 25 26 years old and I'm, I'm you know I'm in my persona underage people are hitting me I'm not responding no because it's a slippery slope right I'll send them like an email. I'll send them like a, a signed picture or some shit like that. But if you want to become a pro wrestler, here's a wrestling school and we'll leave it at that. Yep. He continued to have conversations, which opens the door for the bullshit. Cause you want the bullshit. Yeah. And I when people say he didn't do it, let's, let's also be clear. I don't think he got cut just because of that. Actually, I'll say I'll be very transparent. I know he didn't get cut just because of that. There's been issues with Dream that have been rumored for a while. I won't speak on them because I don't know what I can talk about or what I can't talk about because I've seen the rumors, but I can't remember what's what. But Dream's disappearances from television haven't always been injuries. No. And because of that, there must be a reliability issue there somewhere but then when this comes up, because if this was the issue that they would have cut him immediately, they didn't. Triple H defended the fuck out of him. Something else has been going on with Dream that led this to happen. For whatever reason, it's been a problem. Now, the funny part about this is when he wrote his little uh, notepad thing of his explanation, yeah. he was like, he was like, I didn't know who Prince was. A lot of people was like, that's when I was done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is where I draw the line. Yeah, like, how do you not know who Prince is? Then you adopt his whole persona. But whatever. The point is, is that Dream has been problematic. It's not like cutting Ricochet. And then people are like, yo, what the fuck? 
right? Yep. Out of the blue. Or Joe, even though Joe had concussions. But he was great on commentary. Dream hadn't been on TV since last De- last December, right? Yeah, and he was just here because Dungarees Kushida beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like... And if, if, if you guys want to argue that, well, they cut Dream because he was injury prone, well, then shit. That's why they cut Dr- Joe and a bunch of other people. Yeah. So, But Dream, there's other issues at work here. This is not... Please don't make this a race thing, guys. They're just trying to keep the black man down. Because Dream was, I said it before, he's a great character, but he wasn't like their best wrestler. He had a lot of potential. Yep. Man, y'all over here like defending Dream? He Trust me, it wasn't just because of them damn kids, man. He It wasn't just because he was trying to show his dong to some kid. That wasn't that wasn't it. Because I still that, don't know how that's part of his character, but I digress. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, ultimately... There were other issues because, again, I repeat, if this was the reason, they would have cut his ass a long time ago. Because this shit happened, what, last year? Yeah, the speaking out movement about yeah. last year this time. Yeah, so this it's not like, unless there was like some new revelation and we haven't seen it. So, I, dog, I'm not entirely sure why people are defending Dream, but it is released. You know, Patrick Clark will show somewhere else, but you won't, you know what you won't be showing up as? Velveteen Dream. Yep. Gonna be showing up as Patrick Clark, and which hurts. Interest in that, yeah. Like you look at it, he wasn't their best wrestler, but he was yeah. very sports entertaining. And they they hit on something where they thought it worked well for the massive main roster, even better than NXT. And he couldn't keep it together because I I've lived now thirty three years on this earth. Never once can anyone say. I've been DMing 15 and 16 year olds. Yeah, no, it ain't happening, not, bro. Not a once. There was a 17 year old on Twitter two weeks ago. I don't know. I said something funny and quippy. And a bunch of people started following me. And one of the responses came from like this wrestling account. I was like, oh, dope. And then um, replied to him, followed him. Cool wrestling account. Oh, it was when I did the Moxley video. And uh, I was like, oh, this guy looks like a good follow. And then for some reason, like I went and checked his page and it was like 17 years old and I unfollowed him. And then he was like, man, I thought you were so cool. Why did you unfollow me? And I was like, sorry, man, I can't follow people my kid's age. He was like, oh, that's a good reason. No problem. Easy. That was the end of the conversation on the timeline. Yeah. No DM. No, no. Oh, sorry. You're my kid's age. I can't follow. Ah, I get it. But he'll see me at indie shows. Three, four years from now, I'll be like, yo, you don't follow me, bub. Oh, that's you. Okay, what's up? Now I can follow you. No, no, there's no, there's no mix-ups. You don't mistakenly trip fall and kayfabe your way into a 13-year-old's DMs. Man, I, you know what? I didn't even think about that. You have to. Well, unless their DMs are open. And Velveteen Dreams DMs should absolutely not be open. No. No. What? Hell no. I, it's it never happened in my lifetime, so. I don't know what part of the gimmick that was, but <laughs> it's just a fucking ridiculous, ridiculous excuse by him. So he's gone. Other people are gone. Now that we talked about that. Uh, in other NXT aspects, Hit Row is a babyface group, and I'm about to buy merch. After three weeks straight. That's all I need. I, I don't know if I'm buying merch. I'm buying merch. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm still like, I like it. I'm just kind of, all right, what do we, 
I don't want to get too hippy hoppy here. Like, I don't want to, you know, all these bars. It's like, they're not hippy hoppy yet. I'm just, I feel like they're inching closer and closer to it. Hopefully they don't. Again, hopefully they don't. Cause Swerve is just, he's a really talented wrestler. And I feel like he found, found his stride and they have potential. I'm, I would like to see where they go. I'd like to see who's going to be the tag team out of that group. Is it going to be Adonis and uh, what's his name? AC is that that I mean they only they only have two possibilities. Yeah, and I, I can't see Swerve being in a tag team. So no, no, they're not gonna new day it. I mean, I okay, so I'm gonna move away real quick because it almost felt feels natural at some point for Swerve to challenge Bronson Reed for the North American title. Yes. My to build him up with some momentum though. Well, what the angle that they're putting Bronson Reed in right now is kind of weird to me. No, we have Bronson Reed versus Escobar because Escobar is not just a cruiserweight guy. Okay. Well, here, here's why it's weird. Here's why I say it's weird. I, I keep saying this. Escobar is championship material. Bronson Reed is not losing his first title defense. No, he is not. And I don't want Escobar to lose. That's, I guess that's very selfish to me. But I look at Escobar and I'm like, dude, this dude looks like money. Like Money. His style, his promo ability, the look, his uh, just his wrestling. What can't he do? No, I agree. I agree. I, I just think he's a guy kind of like Pete Dunn, where you want to ramp him back up, you can do that whenever you want. I mean, you can't waste too much time. The turnover yeah. in NXT is, is kind of quick. As long as you keep Vince away from him, you got time to do whatever the hell you want. Well, you know, Vince looks at him tomorrow, then it's a wrap. Yeah. Oh, he's like, oh, Lucha House Party again. Let's do it. Yeah. He was like, oh, you know what Vince will do. Andrade's back? Yep. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Because <laughs> he'll mix him up. He, he don't know. <laughs> Why is he back here? Charlotte? Like, that's what he'll do. That's what Vince will do. It'd be horrible. He can't tell the difference between Andrade and Santos Escobar. I guarantee. <laughs> um, William Regal this week put together a triple threat match. Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunn, and Gargano. Winner will face uh, the NXT champion at In Your House, which is, you know, takes place of the next takeover. So that being said, I like this match. I like the pairing. I mean, Johnny Wrestling is going to be Johnny Wrestling. And I'm looking at it. I kind of want Johnny Wrestling to win this. Yeah, but he's not. You know, go with KOR? Probably. Uh, he's just going to lose. I know. I know. But I'm just saying, this is... Okay. So, this is where I feel like the WWE in general does these shows and they go, oh, shit, we've got a pay-per-view. Right? Like, they, their next one is in two weeks. And they have not established a number one contender. They're doing this triple threat match. NXT they, in your house is in two weeks? Yes, yeah, June 13th. Oh, shit. That's quick. Okay. Yeah, exactly. 13th? Whatever it is. 13th, 12th. It's two weeks. And you haven't had one since TakeOver. Yep. And obviously you had to blow off Balor and Cross. So you're going to move into another feud. But it's a title feud. It's not like a regular feud. It's a title feud. I don't think the triple threat two weeks before is the way to go. Because if Gargano wins, it's like there's really nothing there in terms of why is this match happening. Yeah, the and Balor, I guess we can talk about it briefly now. The Balor-Cross rematch was really good. They could have done that it, at the it was takeover. Really good. It was really good. So it's like, but they did it here, which I have no idea what this means for Finn Balor. 
I, right? Like, I don't know if they're sending know. him back to the – if they send him back to the main roster, he should quit. But um, <laughs> I'm serious, man, because they don't know what to do with him. They don't, but they've done people worse. They're just going to make him do the fucking demon again, though, and it's ridiculous. But so you have Cross as the champ, and you kind of position Cross in this weird way where before he was, like, super healed. And now he's kind of, like, kind of healed. The promos he cuts. It's yeah, like, he just beats the shit out of everyone. He's a mercenary. Yeah, and I would say it's okay. I don't hate it, but I, I really liked it when he was like, time's up, motherfuckers, and I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Like, yeah. now it's just kind of like, time's up, and we're going to have a really good match, and then I'm going to kill you. I don't need all that. Just kill people. Um, but the only the only logical feud here, to me, is Kyle O'Reilly, because Kyle O'Reilly is the only baby face in the group in that match. Yeah. And Kyle has kind of been close and played around with the cross thing. He's been hovering in the area because Pete Dunn should actually be the match, but there's nothing there. But I mean, it's two weeks. How much are you going to build anyway? Just give me a great fucking match. Well, that's, that's why I pick Gargano, like, because Gargano might get a four star out of cross. Like, he could, he could, he could. I just think Kyle O'Reilly will probably be the guy. See, I think Adam Cole finds a way to cost him. Cole is still lingering. I, I think so, they still got beef. So, so to so me, wait, it's Dunn or Gargano. So, okay. Well, I'm still picking Kyle because I think Kyle could cost him at In Your House. Oh, yeah, yeah. I For mean, sure. Cole could cost Cole Kyle. Cole could cost Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. Yep, it's very true. So that, that could happen. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to pick Kyle because I feel like he's the only one that has some kind of momentum. You know, I say this all the time. Before NXT does these things, I just feel like they're in a weird place. They, like, move titles. They have matches that should be at their – pay-per-views on regular tv we're, we're a month deep on matches that they've had as main events where i'm going this is a fucking takeover match and they're just yeah, running through you... them that that women's tag team title match that was really good crazy the bronson reed match was a cage match hey um randomly who's raquel gonzalez feuding with right now Nobody. Okay. That's a good question. She was on this week. Yeah, she was in a tag match. Oh, yeah. No, she's just been tag team. I don't think she gets a match at TakeOver. That's kind of strange. Very strange. I mean, that turn has to happen soon, right? I guess. I mean, Dakota Kai keeps getting pinned. But that's what I'm saying. They haven't really... They they come came off of WrestleMania, right? They came off of the WrestleMania, the Stand and Deliver TakeOver. And they finished off Cross and Balor now, but they they haven't really moved anything else. They took the title off of Gargano and gave it to Bronson Reed. Yeah. They, the, you know, the tag titles changed hands, but I feel like there's nothing with a ton of moments. The, the best built feud to me has been <laughs> the million dollar man and Cameron Grimes, which I think has been a lot of fun. Oh, very fun. And uh, moving LA Knight into that yeah. will make a Cameron, pretty good match. Cameron Grimes, like I said it before, Cameron Grimes is pretty good. To the and, moon. Yeah, and now this like the the promo he cut with the million dollars. Like, hey man, like I'm you know, I'm rich and you're taking all my thunder. It, I thought it was great. I think Cameron Grimes has been excellent. That's the one thing that I've been invested in. Everything else has been really good matches, but I don't. There's nothing right now where I'm looking at in your house going, oh, that's gonna be a banger. Not yet. Doesn't mean it can't happen. There just is no like really big feuds. Yep. I I agree. In your house might just be a build-up pay-per-view. But then we end up where we were last year, 
where it was like in your house was the build-up pay-per-view. It only blew off one feud last year, I believe. And then you ended up like having Keith Lee win it at a bash in the beach or something in Great July. American Great American, American Bash in July. Because everything was built in, in your house. And then finished in July and then had a takeover right after. Very, it's very strange. Oh, NXT. yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's odd pacing now that it's yeah. on television. Yep. Very strange. So. It, I want to ask you this. How do you feel? It feels like NXT moving to Tuesday night, I thought it was going to be like a, a great thing for NXT. It doesn't seem like it's helping it. No, no. It kind of, it slips the mind now. Yeah. Now, I mean, listen, I was watching it on demand before anyway. So people are like, oh, I, I don't care about TV ratings. Because they're something that is constantly streamed. They are a huge reason why Peacock paid a billion dollars for the network, right? Like NXT helped that tremendously. Whatever they get on TV is icing on the cake. So I, I don't care about those numbers. AEW was going to crush them all the time anyway. Because AEW, you ever try streaming AEW after the fact? It's kind of hard. So you kind of have to watch that live. NXT, you can find on three different streaming platforms if you want. I think this shit's still on Hulu. It's on Peacock. Like, you'll be fine. You can watch NXT whenever you want. So the numbers, yeah, they didn't grow exponentially because I think the people who watched live still watch. The people who streamed still stream. But having a night to yourself and coming and piggybacking off of Raw, it just, yeah, it just slips my mind now that it's on Tuesdays. The, the war, the Wednesday night wars, kind of helped me be like, tonight's wrestling night. Yeah. Now Weird. it's now it's very dispersed. But I, I mean, I've been trying to watch AEW live, but even then I catch that shit on the, what, TNT app or TBS app? More yeah, I mean, often I, now than anything. I, I don't even sit down on Wednesdays to watch that. I watch both on Thursdays knowing we have the show later. Right. I, listen, I don't watch anything live except for pay-per-views. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't watch Raw live. I don't watch SmackDown. I watch SmackDown on Saturday or maybe even Sunday. I watch Raw if they're lucky Wednesday um NXT I'll watch Wednesday or Thursday and AEW I actually do watch Thursday because it's right before we do our show I just try to make sure we watch everything before the show so I don't watch yep. anything live however NXT's moved to Tuesday it's I'm just going oh yeah NXT is on Tuesday and it makes it the week feel like man it's a lot of fucking wrestling maybe after basketball is done it'll it'll pick me up a bit because to me, basketball playoffs are Tuesday night. Like, basketball is Tuesday nights. You know, so, like, it's, it's tough for me to be like, oh, yeah, it's a wrestling night. Like, it's always like, and I'm not even a huge basketball fan, but I know basketball is Tuesday nights. Yeah, so I mean, it picks up after. I guess, I guess the thing is that NXT, when it was on the network, I never watched it. I never watched anything live. So I did, none of this ever bothers me because I'm like, I'll just watch it tomorrow. But yeah. then it's like now that it's on Tuesday, it just feels forgotten about. It, I, I can't really explain it. I did enjoy the idea of like, oh, they're both on Wednesday. Because if I happen to be in like the kitchen cooking on Wednesday night, I was like, oh, I'll just turn both on and flip back and forth. Or if I know there's a really big match and I really don't want it spoiled, I watch it live. But nothing like this Balor cross match. I was like, yeah, I'll just log off of Twitter and watch it the next day. And then I forget and I'm like, oh, shit. And I watched it today, which is Thursday. I didn't watch NXT on Thursday because that's my routine. I don't know who watches all this shit live anymore. I don't know. That's just not the way of the world. Like, that's why you're like, oh, well, it was 
number one in this demo or ooh, AW's running away with it. Like, that's not how television works anymore. I worked at news station. People were going, oh, you're number one in this market. Like, for what? What's your OTT like? What's your over-the-top platform? Because that's where you're getting a lot of streams. That's where you're getting direct ad sale revenue, not having to wait for sweeps week four times a year to count your stats to get ad revenue. Over the top platform, you sell all year. So no, there's, there's a lot more that goes into it. And WWE, credit to them, saw that before anyone else. Creating the oh, network yeah. and then being able to sell that. Like everything is over the top. Everything is streaming. Everything is direct to consumer. So yeah, and I don't care about numbers and stuff like that. It One thing it hasn't helped for me is the pacing. It's for so long we thought, yo, they're putting on these events, these main events, these takeover quality shows or endings, not shows, but endings because they're trying to compete with AEW. Yo, they're going 15 minutes over so they can steal those, you know, crossover AEW things to watch the main event and then book a higher number. Like, yo, this is a response to the Wednesday Night Wars. They're on Tuesday now still doing the same thing. So now I really don't understand. Like, you're, you're not counter-programming. So it's, it's weird. They're just falling into a weird pattern on television. Which, I, I don't know. Maybe it's trips. Honestly, like, trips is from the, the era of, you know, the ruthless aggression, the all that, sh- where main events on SmackDown, main events on Raw, during those, were bangers. Maybe he's still in that mode. It's just what he knows. So I'd rather that than the fucking Apollo Crews fighting the same guy every week for six, seven weeks in a row. So I'm splitting hairs. So they do better than that. But yeah, it's it's still a little weird with the pace. And we'll see how that shakes out. Main roster wise. Trey, I know you got time, man. I don't want to hear this. We don't got time this weekend. I'll be over at your crib. I haven't brushed up on spades like I should, but I will. But it'll be game night. You don't got time this weekend, but it's a long weekend. It's a holiday. You got to watch Ricochet and Ali on main event. There's three matches, total of, I'd say, 40 minutes that you got to watch. And then this Saturday, they're doing two out of three falls. The entire episode is just them. So it's an hour-long match. You don't see this all the time. They're going to ball out. You got to watch. So... Garrett Cole is pitching to Mike Trout in single A ball, and I need to watch this. All right, if you say (laughs) it's an hour long, how many hour long matches do we get now? You know, like where do I watch main event? Hulu, really? Yeah, I I only know this because uh, I've had to watch those matches. Yeah, I ain't got time for this shit. Um, (laughs) It's on Hulu, and you can skip through everything else, like they've had three matches good matches and uh, the last one was really good and then now an hour long two out of three falls they're gonna go fucking nuts and then ricochet the next day is gonna go to raw and steal sheamus's hat like none of that existed <sighs> these two <laughs> poor guys man. they're so so talented as wrestlers and they really you still can't cut a promo got your hat it's jake paul he took jake so paul's stupid. gimmick like who who wrote that and then, because obviously Ricochet doesn't have the pull to say, I ain't doing that shit. No, they gave know. it to him and he was like, all right, fine. 
Yep. He's like, I'm on TV. I'll do whatever. Yeah. Look, I, I may watch it. I probably won't. I'm just being honest. It depends on how I feel Sunday. Maybe I throw it on in the background at game night on one of your several TVs. I just, just haven't played. Yeah, I'm watching. We're watching Haney Linares in the NBA playoffs. That's what we're watching on the TVs while we get drunk and play games. Yeah, uh, I'm not watching Ricochet. You're not ruining my night. You're not <laughs> main event on the TV. Right? My wife will not be happy with that shit. No, no, but no. As far we'll as probably like, talk her into a pay per view, but she's like, "What the fuck is main event?" Yeah, main. And she's like, "What? No." Um, as far as like the main roster stuff, there's a couple things. Bobby Lashley becoming a pimp. He got hoes. Um. Yo, they got rid of the thick black one, though. Well, they change him every week. Like, the Godfather, he just rotated him wherever he was at. Like, they just switched. They're in the same spot. You better put her on a on a deal, a 10-day contract. Like, this the league. So They were they, they were shot for that one. Like, she was getting mad play. Just thick, thunder thighs, chocolate mama, and then they took her off TV. Damn shit. Um, so, here's my thing with this Bobby Lashley Drew McIntyre, Kofi thing. Why? In, and maybe this is just a pro wrestling thing. This is, this is really a WWE thing right now. So they've gone to Kofi entering kind of the title picture, which is fine. We all like Kofi. It makes sense. And he yes, said it on do. TV. I never got my rematch. Yeah, man. It's been like two years. You just realize that? Um, but why must they wrestle each other every week? Because by the time Hell in the Cell rolls around, I don't care. I've already seen it. Yep. So I, I just don't understand the logic in rotating the matchups. Like, they did the same thing with Braun Strowman. And they wrestled and then you do the triple threat. I have no idea why they can't figure out how to do feuds without the two key people in the feud wrestling each other. Like Big E and Apollo. They wrestled, 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 wrestled. And it's like, now we're going to wrestle at WrestleMania. Why? Why don't you like, why doesn't Big E wrestle somebody else? Apollo wrestles somebody else and they interfere in each other's matches or they talk shit to each other and then they meet at, you know, WrestleMania or whatever it is. Kofi wrestling Drew again next week to determine who's going to face Lashley when Kofi already pinned Lashley and Drew has wrestled Lashley, which feels like a kabillion times now. I'm not interested in this anymore. Yeah, it's too much. It's overkill, but I'm still interested. I like Kofi being in there. That's fresh. If Drew wasn't in it, I'd be even better. I think that was the first person to pin Lashley since, like, last Mania season. Some wild shit. I don't know. Kofi has shown that he can heat right back up, which I didn't think was possible. I thought Kofi Mania was a one-off, cool. Like, Kofi, honestly, is a main event player, like Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I mean, Kofi's he's really good at what he does. And, you know, what they did was it was like, all right, Kofi, you'll be in this picture. And they was like, hey, Woods, what do you feel like doing? And he was like, I'm going to have a banger with a riddle. Why? Just because I feel like it. And then I'm going in there and having a banger. Oh, like y'all must have forgot. I get busy. They I was like, yeah. Wow. Yo, the spots in that match, just when they were doing like the feet of strength, riddle rolls over. He pops back up into the suplex. Oh, crazy. I was like, yo, this this is good. It's really good. The unfortunate thing about it being so good is it's over, right? And now it's like, well, now what? But it accomplished what it had to accomplish. What, filling time on TV? No, <laughs> outside of that. But that's one of the first times on the main roster 
we saw what Riddle has done outside of main roster WWE his whole career, and even outside of some of his NXT run, which is his character is the one that flips the switch. And it was hyper-aggressive. It wasn't pothead smoking. (laughs) Yo, it it wasn't pothead smoking Riddle. It was snarling, aggressive Matt Riddle. And then he pops up from the canvas, the ref grabs his hand, then he's like, and then he puts the smile back on and like super weeded and raises his hand. But after the match, his look, all that was dialed in Matt Riddle. And that's what makes him what we thought was can't miss. You do whatever with his character in promos or between matches. Yeah, he could be the pothead who rides a scooter. You also have to highlight the other aspect of his personality, which is when it's time to go in, I am a former legit contender in the UFC and I'm locking in. It's something they did with Kurt Angle. So it's not like I'm asking them to reinvent the wheel. Book him like you book Kurt Angle. Vince only knows how to do certain shit. So I don't expect him to do nothing new. But I'm like, yo, this is what we did with Kurt. I'm just a sexy Kurt. Sexy. We did all that shit. You could be a goof. When he got in the ring and he snapped in that, that ankle lock, when he did all that, he was always about his business. He was always ruthless in the ring. You can do both. And I think yeah, that's what they were missing. And this I mean, is a I don't, preview. I don't, know if I don't know if it's here to stay. This I don't know if it's here to stay because he's tied to Randy Orton now. So it's like, uh, I don't know how far they'll go with it. But these two just had a really great match. So yeah. um, so I, I did enjoy that. Here's what I didn't enjoy. Charlotte Flair. Uh, I'm sick of her. She about to win, though. But that's the problem, right? I, I think Rhea's coming up off her. I mean, I and it's not, in but... hell in the cell now. Charlotte must raise. I, I don't know. The other feud, Bianca versus Bailey, is way more fitting for Hell in the Cell. Yeah, they've had matches. Like, the thing about, again, this is another situation. Charlotte and Rhea wrestled at WrestleMania last year. And if you really wanted to play into that, you could have worked your way to like a blood feud for Hell in the Cell. But they've positioned Rhea in this very strange way where she's not really a babyface or a heel, but she does a lot of heel shit. Right. And I'm like, well, you guys should be at each other's necks. Yet they stuck Asuka in this thing again, knowing good and goddamn well she's not going to win. Yep. And now we're going to Hell in a Cell. And I don't feel like Rhea and Charlotte have a Hell in a Cell feud. You know, wish this morning matches. I agree. You're tired of Charlotte and justifiably so. I don't like Rhea as champion. I've now seen it enough. <laughs> like, Yo, already, like, she's fameless as champion. She doesn't make me care care one way or the other. She's not a good baby face for more than two weeks. And the tweener role is kind of weird, too. Like, she has to be a heel. And her, her character, the look, everything, it works as a heel stalking people. And she always just comes in, and I don't. I don't know. I understand Trips loves her and everything. It's just, it's just always that thing of like, let's celebrate her when she becomes champion. It's what you said with Raquel Gonzalez in NXT. They did the same shit where it's like she's a monster heel. She is as heel as heel can get. And then she wins and she's crying and we're smiling. And 
it's so hard to go back. For what? I understand she battled four years, five years in the system to finally get to this spot. I get it. Take that shit backstage. Not all the time, but in this case, it, it, it doesn't work for these monster heel women. Yeah. They tried this shit with Nia and, the, and the getting picked on. And then she won the WrestleMania, you know, oh my God, stop bullying campaign. And two months after they had to turn her monster heel again because the shit didn't work. Nah, it doesn't. It didn't work. I told you when they turned Rhea babyface in the first place. It was like they took all the aspects away that made Rhea interesting. That's what. Yeah. That's what I keep talking about. Like tweeners, if you're gonna turn a babyface heel or a heel babyface, you should keep the aspects that the fans liked about the heel character. Instead, yep. they make them toothless, and it's just like Rhea just you know she kind of talks shit. I, I don't. I don't like it. And then Charlotte, I feel like Charlotte's face is changing every week. It's it's adapting. It's a. It reminds me of the Animorph, yeah. Books where you just flip the pages and it changes on the bottom. But I mean, I don't think she looks bad. If this is what she wants to do, like I'm usually not. Again, I'm not here to judge anyone. But usually, like you know, when people mess with their face, I'm like, ah, oh, because I don't. I don't want to see anyone be Lil Kim in ten years. You know, um, that's no fault of Kim, but come on, she shouldn't have touched her face, and we're keeping it a buck. But. I, I, Charlotte wants to go that way and everything. Yeah, her facial features are changing. Her body is changing. She got an amazing shape as well, though. So, like, she's transforming kind of her whole her whole thing. It works as a heel, to be honest. Because now she's like, yo, like, I look really good, too. What are you going to say? So it, it adds a lot of characteristics that people dislike. Crowds are coming back. She's going to have no problem being booed. Yeah, that's, that's the best thing I can say. Um, last thing on Raw and that we can briefly touch on SmackDown. Why did Raw end with that women's tag team title match? I don't know. I, I feel like <laughs> someone in the building, I don't know who, but someone in the building, not Vince, probably saw like the the NXT one. It was like, yo, these the women's titles headlined uh one of the NXT ones. It was great. Yeah, let's throw them a bone. This is this is the natty thank you for your service tour. It just ain't hitting at all. But I listen, the product is so shitty on Raw. Sure. Let her have her flowers while she can smell. I've seen worse. I've seen worse on Monday Night Raw. Let's not go back to the cuckold shit. Like, if if I got to watch, you know, tag team wrestling, cool. I just, they're not a believable tag team to me either. I mean, all of this is bad. It's just the the way this match ends is Reginald's going up the ramp and then fire comes for no reason. So I guess Alexa Bliss and what Lucy are going to be the next to challenge for the tag titles. I don't know what's going on, but this as a main event was terrible. Alexa Bliss with Lucy? Listen, <laughs> better, than, better than her being in the main title picture. That won't take long either. Who knows? She could be like... She'd all. do whatever she wants. Yeah. Anyway, let's go to SmackDown. Well, with SmackDown this week, um, I don't know. We still Apollo Cruz is rolling. Yeah, Cruz. Alistair Black came back. Alistair Black came back, kicked the shit out of Big E for reasons that I'm just like, all right, I guess. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why, but it's, cool. It's a weird. It's a weird feud because Black can't lose. No. He has to go over on E. And E can lose again? 
that doesn't make any sense. That's what I'm saying. This is why it's weird, right? Like if, if Black were to come back against somebody else that you'd be like, all right, cool. He's just going to go over on him. You're like, fine. But he shouldn't be losing either. But Black definitely can't lose. That'd be the dumbest thing in the world to bring him back just to lose. Yeah, no, he can't. He can't lose for a second. And I like the repackaging, by the way. It should have been the initial packaging. That's my biggest problem. It's like, yeah, like if you would have watched NXT from the get-go, we probably could have packaged him like this and not put him in a tag team with Ricochet smiling all the time. He has a demon on his back. A demon on his back. Tattooed. You think you should probably play into that. Nonetheless, we have that now. There's the smoke. You know his entrance. When they give him the entrance, oh, it's going to be like, okay, this is who we thought he was. So I don't I think Big E would get a good amount out of him. Again, I just don't think either can lose. Best case scenario, they don't have um, a clean finish in their feud all the way through Money in the Bank, and they're both just in the Money in the Bank match because there's no loser in Money in the Bank. Yeah, that, that, see, that makes sense. And it, we'll see if they go that route. Uh, other than that, the Jimmy and Jay and Roman saga continues. Um, it's funny because, like, I watched SmackDown, and I feel like the entirety of this past SmackDown was the four-way match, which I thought was actually really good. Yes. Um, the four-way match, Jimmy, Jay, and Roman saga, and I don't remember anything else. Oh, we had uh, the Ding Dong show and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did have that. I mean, they've been doing well by Bailey and Bianca without, again, without them having to wrestle every week. But it's only because of that show. So they yeah, could be on but, TV and Bailey can have her show and torment her. But see, I'm fine with SmackDown being like this, but I'm trying to, you know, I guess if we're going to Hell in a Cell, somebody mentioned on Twitter that it should be Jimmy versus Jay in Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Shout like, out to whoever said that. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's a really good idea. I'm with that 100%. Roman needs to take a pay-per-view off. And yep. Just watch. Just watch. Because... Um, I mean, it's obvious. There's no way that they, they can split them up for too long. No. But you know, Jimmy, it's so easy. Just put the stipulation on it. Listen, yeah. Jimmy, you want your brother back? Wrestle him in Hell in a Cell. You win. He, the tribal chief backs off. You, he no longer has to do my bidding. If he wins, you have to join and acknowledge the tribal chief. Let Heyman cut the promo. Easy. You get to Hell in a Cell, they have a great match. Roman comes in at the end, costs Jimmy the match. He is now obligated to draw. Done. Yeah, there's, let's there's keep it moving. So, uh, easy. It, it, this is, again, man, Roman has been built very well. And I've watched people say, see, he was always good as a babyface. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he, he's no. much better in this heel role, taking off the shirt, the, the way he's more deliberate in his moveset. He's not oh. pandering to a crowd. Paulie He's, dangerously does a lot to yo, incredibility does, of someone. <laughs> Heyman does a lot without having to do too much. Oh my god. It's just when Brock left, it's like, okay, like whoever's the next Paul Heyman guy, like I probably gonna succeed. Yeah, but this this one works because Roman gets to still be the guy. Yep. For for example, Roman beats Cesaro and is exiting, and you saw this, the interview. Oh, Bro, yeah. I'd love to get a word with you. And he's like, I bet you would. And he keeps it pushing. And I was like, that is great. <laughs> this motherfucker's gold. <laughs> like, and I keep saying it, man. Roman is doing exactly what The Rock did when The Rock turned heel. We yeah. didn't realize how charismatic he was until he turned heel. 
Yep. And now that he's full blown heel and he's like really holding this role. He's got it's like he's dominant. It's not like Paul has to speak for him. No, he makes Paul speak. Like when it's it's nothing on his level, like yo, Paul go handle that. And that's the best way to do it. Like you don't have to speak for him because he goes out, he cuts promos. When he's, it's beneath me, yeah, yeah, Paul, he go handle that. This this is good stuff. So SmackDown remains a pretty damn good show. Raw yeah. remains pretty terrible. Yeah, the. It's getting to the point of if I'm a superstar and I'm stuck on the main roster, I am fighting tooth and nail in the draft to be on SmackDown. It's either put me on SmackDown or cut me. Well, they ain't cutting you. You're gonna be on a lot of people got like walking it. papers. Yeah, they just but you know you want it, so, you want that check. So it's like uh, yeah, but I mean if you're stuck, it's kind of one of those. Raw really like. Raw shouldn't be as bad as it is. SmackDown has figured out enough of it. And SmackDown, you know what? To their credit, good or bad, they just don't stick people on television. You'll see the same 10 people every goddamn week, but at least there's 10 people in meaningful programs. Well, they, they move stories along. Yeah, Raw Sasha, doesn't feel like anything moves along. Nah, Sasha's gone. Edge is gone. Cool, two new people in those spots. But we're, we're keeping the same people on television. Because it makes yeah. sense. Raw, sometimes it, you just you show up and Jackson Riker's on my television screen winning a match. God damn, he did. He yo, did win. <laughs> yo, the, in, in the tag division there is just a mess. Oh, my God. Absolute mess. And it's like AJ Styles and almost, I don't know what they are. I, I don't know what any of this is. Any, it's, it's bad. It's I've had good. enough talking about this. Yes, what happened to the Viking Raiders? Didn't they come back for like two weeks? Yeah, they really like came back, dominated for two weeks, and nothing. No, Meanwhile, now, Shelton, Shelton <laughs> Benjamin and Cedric Alexander are just beating the shit out of each other for for reasons I don't even understand anymore. It's like me either. Man, both of you got kicked out. Why? They're on TV, and they had, listen. The match this week wasn't bad. Shelton's getting like a nice little edge. Uh, Shinsuke stealing Baron Corbin's crown is actually pretty good. Oh, that's yeah. Again, again, if you had King of the Ring instead of TLC or instead of Hell in the Cell. It would make sense. Yeah, but, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's you've been pushing for that forever, so I don't know when that changes, but that'll be the next big change. Like, yo, do away TLC, Hell in the Cell, blah, blah. Give us the original joints. King of the Ring. I don't even care if we move. Someone the other day was like, yo, it's time to move Money in the Bank back to WrestleMania. Gets more people on television organically. It gives higher stakes to WrestleMania, especially if it's two days. I was like, you know what? I'm not mad at that idea. So Money in the Bank would be King of the Ring, SummerSlam, Rumble, Mania. Easy. Okay. Do whatever you want in between. So I think that's, if there's a big change going forward, that would be my big change. But that's, man, we talked wrestling for a ton today, but I guess we haven't had a wrestling show in forever. So that's the end of our wrestling show today. We appreciate you guys for listening. This is a long one, so we'll make this quick. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andres Hale on all platforms. Check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes at freeshows.com. We appreciate all of you. Man, hopefully some big news we get to reveal soon. So uh, we're just going to keep teasing this until we can actually say something. But uh, the movement's moving. We can't do anything without you guys. So we appreciate it a ton, a ton, a ton. Until next week, though. We're out.
Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.